Hello, and welcome back to Curating Conversation. Now, if this is your first time joining us, then um, thank you, welcome, you're in for a treat. My guest this week is the brilliant Caroline Gormley. She is an artist and arts facilitator based out of Paisley. And in our chat today, we discuss her art, her journey to becoming an artist, what it means to be an artist, and of course, all the fabulous work that she does alongside Alexander Guy with Made in Paisley, which is a brilliant arts hub centred around bringing art to the community, something which I'm sure we can all agree is hugely important now more than ever. So, lots to look forward to in this one, and I hope by the end you're left feeling motivated, inspired, uplifted, and ready to tackle whatever it is that's coming your way. Uh, but anyway, I'll let you just listen and I'll stop blathering on. Uh, enjoy. So I'm joined by a wonderful guest, Caroline Gormley. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leo, for having me on your wonderful podcast. Um, looking Absolute forward pressure. to this. Yes. No, me too, me too. I'm looking forward to it a lot. And uh, I've been following all you do for quite a long time now. But just to, to start at the beginning, which is always a good place to start, could you just in in a minute or two explain a little bit about who you are and what you do? And then we'll delve in deeper. All right, okay. My name is... Yeah, it's a good job you said a minute or two because I'd go in for about an hour. Um, <laughs> my name is Caroline Gormley. Um, I'm an artist. I stay in Paisley. I've always stayed in Paisley. And I run an art studio called Made in Paisley with my partner, Alexander Guy. And that's really about it. Oh, and I'm a mother to two children, a 31-year-old and a 19-year-old. God, so it sounds like you're pretty full on all the time. Yeah, I like you. it like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. And we'll, we will get into Maiden Paisley shortly. But I just want to start with you and ask you the question, what was your earliest experience of art? Uh, oh, my earliest experience of art was Glenn Michaels' Cavalcade. It was a programme that was on in the 70s. And I remember sending in a drawing to Glenn Michaels' Cavalcade waiting for it every Sunday, waiting for it to be shown, and it was never, ever shown. So that was my very earliest memory of um, art, yes. So it's a memory of disappointment and anticipation. Aha, uh -huh. I was devastated um, <laughs> because I had done this birthday card. I think, I think it was a birthday card for my sister, and I was so devastated. I remember the image, it was Scooby-Doo that I had drawn. And when it wasn't shown, the disappointment and the feeling of rejection, and I must have only been about six. Um, yeah. Gosh, so you were drawing from a very young age then. Is there Was there art in your family, or did you, was it just sort of childlike drawing, just creativity coming out of you? I don't know what it was. It's just... Um, it's what I did, and it's still the same to do today. It's, it's what I do. Um, there's something... It's just something I do. That's it. Yeah, Simple. totally. And actually, you've depicted seeing some Scooby-Doo more recently in your work as well. Is that right? No, that scene from Scooby-Doo was I had um, put on, a, someone had bought me a beautiful jumper at Christmas time and I'd put it on and I looked like... Like Velma. Velma. <laughs> yeah, so, I did see that. I did see yeah, that. but I've um, been doing a, a... In the past, I've done quite a few drawings of characters from Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's kind of um, it's kind of world that we live in. You know, you can relate to these cartoons and then sort of sit in the world that we're in just now, and it's quite similar. <laughs> yeah, totally. In my opinion. Movie. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And so, growing up for you, you you didn't go to art college till a bit later on. No, so what, it was, was your youth filled with? Art or was it just sort no, of work? No, no. Um, I was a carer from the age of 12 for my mother. So I went to school and I had all these dreams and plans and I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to be a rock star, I wanted to be a model, I wanted to be an actress. All of these things in my head. But at the time, circumstances just wouldn't allow for that, you know. So um, 
just got on with it, looked after my mum, left school, worked in a hospital, then worked in a Chinese takeaway, and then I eventually learned how to cook Chinese food, so that became my profession. Fantastic. Um, Up until the age of 37. And me and my partner at the time ran a restaurant, and our relationship broke down. So then I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to be an artist because I had been advised when I was at school to apply to art college, but circumstances just wouldn't allow that. I had to go out and work and help the family. And that's just the way it was. So that's what I did. I waited till I was 37 and did an NC. No, an HNC at a college in Paisley. So that was the beginning of it. And so for you, yeah. when you're at school, what sort of things were you, were you, were you painting similar stuff, what you do now? Or was it completely unrelated? Um, it was completely, I can't, I can't really remember. Um, I think it was completely unrelated because when you're at school, you're kind of given, you're dictated to what you've got to do in order to tick all the boxes. Um, but it was round about the house I used to do things. I was forever painting on walls bedroom walls and things like that and I used to get into a lot of trouble for it and even when my kids were small they'd go to school and come in and there'd be a different image on their bedroom wall so you know I was expressing it in other ways um yeah because you're actually you you recently painted well I say recently in the last few years painted a mural yeah a we've huge done, mural of a beach scene right yeah so me and my partner Alexander Guy, but I call him Sandy. Everyone right. calls him Sandy. Um, we did two murals in Paisley. Now, they were great fun, but I'm terrified of heights. Sandy's terrified of heights. And it was just like it was like something from a 70s com- comedy sketch, you know, we'd be shouting and bawling at each other. And you go up, no, you go up. Because we had to learn how to drive a, a, these scissor lifts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was horrendous, and it was snowing when we were doing one of the murals, and oh, but a lot of fun. I'm glad I've done it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So was the top section of the mural done quite quickly then, and the bottom section really detailed? <laughs> no, the top section was actually, that's where all the detail is. So um, we initially started out, Sandy would be down, he's far more experienced than me, he would be down, and he would be directing me where to go with the brush. So he'd be on the oh, ground. Wow. And he'd be saying to me, go left. But because I'm a really bad vertical, I would be getting so confused and I would be going right and he'd be shouting up, you stupid bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh sorry, I shouldn't have said bastard. Oh, I've said it again, sorry. Um, <laughs> but it was just uh, a lot of fun, um, but nerve-wracking. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And then so to talk me through a little bit how your time going to art college was. Um, Was it all you imagined it would be? No. So I had applied to Glasgow School of Art twice and I'd got interviews, but I'm quite nervous and quite shy and reserved, as you can see. Um, So I feel that maybe the interview, you know, let me down because I could call back, you know, to take my work in and things like that. I got the interview. And then at one point I thought, oh, I'll just leave it because I was um, 40 by this time. And I thought, oh, I'll not bother. Um, So I applied to North Glasgow College to do my degree. And I didn't think, you know, I applied because my friend applied, actually. And she wanted somebody to go with her. So one of us got in, and that was me, and she didn't get in. I felt really bad about that. Oh, God. Uh, So... I seemed to, I did the degree in a year and I came out with a first class honours and came out after getting my degree and thought, okay, art world, here I am, totally naive. Um, And then it was the the slump, you know, the the depression when you realise that you've really got to work at it. You're not just coming out of college after getting your degree and someone's going to pick you up and go, oh, you're wonderful. So it was a big transition into reality yeah totally it's uh, it's something that a lot of people go through and I think just because you're a 
you know, mature student, people assume that, you know, when they meet you and you're 40 and they say, you say you're an artist, they're like, oh, well, clearly you've been painting for years and years and years. No. But it's not the case, is it? And it's no, a very difficult just to be in. I didn't do painting. Uh, uh, when I was doing my degree, it was uh, sound and installation work that I did. So wow. I didn't start painting until I met Sandy, which was seven oh, years okay. ago. And he kind of, oh, such a love story behind this, and I, I don't want to bore everybody with it. I no, met go him on, at an, go on, tell the story, <laughs> tell the story, let's have it. I met him at an exhibition, and all I did was shake his hand, and I thought to myself, he's the most beautiful man I have ever, ever met in my life. And it was only like a split second, and then he was gone. So I was looking for voluntary work, and he ran a gallery in Glasgow, a studio, and I was going through Gumtree, and I noticed a studio was looking for voluntary workers. So I phoned up and the girl answered and she says, yeah, come for an interview. And I went for the interview and I chapped in the door and I nearly collapsed. It was Sandy. I didn't realise it was his gallery. So, oh, uh-huh. so I walked in and we were talking and we, his ideas were really similar to um, the way that I thought, you know, about community and art and yeah, we kind of stood for the same sort of things. And then he asked to paint my portrait on that day. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, I was like a daft teenager and I was, what, 42 or something. It's really, really embarrassing. But <laughs> now we're engaged to be married. Well, there you go. Happy ending. Oh. What a story. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Did you like the portrait you painted? Yeah, I did, but um, I was so nervous about going up because I was going up to his flat to get photographs taken and sketches done. I was so nervous, and I was meant to go up to his flat at seven o'clock at night, but I drank a pint of Bailey's oh, prior blimey. to getting there and arrived at 10 o'clock absolutely plastered, drunk. That's so it was an interesting portrait then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love yeah. That. And then talk me a little bit about um, Made in Paisley and what it is and how it came to be and all the fantastic work you do there. Because from what I've seen, there are so many people who are affected by Made in Paisley in a really positive way. And I think inspiring, you know, adults and children and, you know, young adults, all age groups, inspiring them to paint and to get into art in whatever case it may be, can only be a positive thing. Yeah. Now Sandy ran a similar space in Glasgow, but, um, it was difficult, you know, he was doing it himself. And um, like I said, when I first met him, our way of thinking was very similar. So when the landlord wanted to take the the premises back that he had, we were kind of had a year of nothingness, you know, and painting in his flat. And it was it was quite a low time, um, a sad time. But we still had this idea of, opening a studio again. Now, Paisley had made the bid for City of Culture. You know, they were in the... um, And we had did the murals, and it made sense to try and find a premises in Paisley. And the importance of them doing Made in Paisley was to make art accessible for absolutely everybody. You know, you didn't need to... It's not that you don't need to go to college. I'm not saying that at all, but it's giving people a, a chance to be involved in the arts. Um, yeah, so that's where it all came from. And it was by accident that I found the space that we're in. And we had no money, not a penny. So I started to put it out there. We needed money for rent and everybody saying, don't do this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, we, Sandy and I thought, no, this is the right thing to do. Take a chance. You've got to take chances in life. You can't just um, sit and hope something's going to happen. You've got to, you've got to go for it. So after we signed the lease, we had six pound left in the bank. We thought, oh no, <laughs> what are we going to do now? But um, kind of put it out there and people started to give us deposits and this is how, you know, we managed to grow it. So it's it's early days yet. You know, we've only had the space for two years, two and a half years, but we've been closed since March more or less. So 
I think we've done really, really well, you know, in the short space of time that we've had. And I think we give, it's a nice space to be in. It's not just about learning the skill of painting. It's a drawing and painting school. We, we could have went down other routes, you know, to make money, but it's not about that. It is a drawing and painting school. And it's the dynamic of the space. Am I talking too much, Leo? See if I'm just tell me to shut up. No, no, you crack on. It's it's really interesting <laughs> to hear about. I think it's, uh, it's the dynamic of the space. Um, you could kind of liken it to like a sort of seventies youth club, and the kids sure. appreciate that. You know, that's something that's sort of missing in life now. You know that that thing. Yeah. I think I think you're too young yeah. to remember that, but um, yeah, that that sort of thing. But I think that a space like that is clearly one that, you know, when you were that age, you would have loved to have been able to attend. Exactly that. Uh I would have loved to have that opportunity to go to something like that every week Mm. and relax. All these kids, We initially it started off as a 10-week course, and I thought, okay, so these kids will leave. We've got kids that came at the beginning and are still coming, and, like, especially the boys, you know, after the lockdown, they come in and they've just been like, we, we boys. And then they come in and go, oh, Caroline, you know, and, yeah. and I'm like, who is that? And they're way up here, you know, but it's, I love Maiden Paisley. I really do. It's, um, yeah, I'm so glad that Sandy and I took that chance. Yeah, definitely. And I think Paisley as well has a really important history in terms of, I mean, obviously design, but also, you know, it was a, center for punk rockers back in the day and you know oh, there's yeah. a real history to it yep i'm involved in a project paisley museum just now um my dad worked in the a hotel in paisley and that was when the punk rock thing was the, the silver thread silver thread yeah and he used to let people through the back door you know people who didn't have money so and i didn't know this until after he died in 2015 it's a taxi driver that told me See, now your dad, I remember, he used to let people in the back door. And I was like, that's amazing, you know, that's a whole part of that punk thing, you know, and what it was about. So, Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a, so his- a great history in Paisley, you know, cultural, it's built in creativity. It's like, yeah, it's the only way to go. Yeah, totally. I think that there's always going to be a need for more art and culture especially now and you know the difficult times we've been in because we're you know obviously you know full well covid's been a nightmare for a lot of people yeah and i think people have turned more and more to art than anything else really you know whether they're watching netflix or painting or you know wherever it might be yeah and i think um um, with regards to um i think still a lot of people don't realize the importance of art you know like funding and skills and everything like that, you know, it all gets cut. It's the first thing to get cut. But in times like this, you know, you really do see the importance. Everyone's creating while they're at home. There's nothing else to do, you know, whether it's making a cake or making a dinner, you know, everybody's, it's creativity that's getting people through this, I think. Maybe I'm a bit biased. (laughs) Well, I think you should be biased. I think I agree with you, actually. And then for you, you said that you'd only start painting once you sort of met Sandy. Yeah. How how was that process for you learning to paint? Was it quite sort of empowering almost? It wasn't. Well, I'd, I'd done bits and pieces, you know, in the house and things like that, experimenting. and um, But when I first met Sandy, I went to his studio and I sat for nearly a year because I was so nervous and didn't really do anything, you know. And I thought, do you know what, I'm going to start painting. Because I would have liked to have been on... Um, it was public art that I was really interested in. I would like to have done that, but I didn't have uh, the skills for applying for funding and things like that. So I think maybe that's another reason why I do large-scale works. Mm. You know, it's all about, it's to be seen, it's to be heard. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it was very, um, I was very nervous learning how to paint. And yeah. still, I'm still trying to find my own, my own hand when painting, you know. Yeah, totally. I think finding an individual style is something that takes. And I know, love, I, I, I feel very, very fortunate that I've got that, you know, because being a carer, you're kind of trapped and doing this and that and that and that. Um, and there's nothing there for yourself. But just now I'm still, and I can still have the the joy 
of discovering things, you know, I think um I'm not I'm not controlled or stuck in some sort of this is what you do. I just feel as though I've got the whole world in front of me and I can do anything, even though I'm fifty one, which is um <laughs> Young, young. And you still I... do have all that time. I think it's that's the wonderful thing about art. I mean, I was chatting to an artist, um, well, actually, last 2019, God, a long time ago now, uh, an artist I worked with called Aidan Stephen, who does small, uh, well, at the time, small oil panels. Uh, was I was showing some of his work, and my dad came in and said, oh, how long does it take to paint one of those? And Aidan replied, oh, about 45 years. <laughs> it, was, it was just the whole process behind it is what inspired it, and yeah. they're not just you know, sitting down and doing it. But for you, at the moment, how would you describe your style and your subject matter? My subject matter as well, I've stayed in the same flat for 46 years. I think it's 46, it could be 47 or 48. I've kind of lost um, track. And subject matter for me is maybe, and I'm discovering now, is it's situations, you know, but as I'm painting them, it's starting to turn into more performance. The painting's becoming more performance where things change all the time so I'll have an idea initially for a piece of work but then I'll go and change it going through it and I mean dramatically change it so it's all about the the process different images um and there's a story behind the paintings uh also I paint the mundane as well like radiator you're passing a radiator and it's something that you pass every day. It's something you see every day or something that just catches the corner of your eye. You know, you're just sitting there and you, you see something. But then it's all about getting the atmosphere into that as well. You can't just paint it. There's got to be an atmosphere attached to whatever you're painting. It's all about the atmosphere for me. Yeah, totally. And I think with your work, I mean, you paint so, A, so beautifully and B, in a way that you capture objects and I suppose spaces in a way that they're instantly recognizable, but instantly yours. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you've now got the tools with which to create, i.e., you know, you know how to paint very yeah. well and your draftsmanship's fantastic. And you now have the the pleasure and as you said, the joy of deciding how you want to show things. Yes. Yes. Um like the the fruit machine painting that I did that was actually with reference to my dad was in dialysis and I used to go and watch this machine going round and round and I used to think, it's just like a big fruit machine, you know, he's playing a game, you know, this this is keeping him alive and so that's where the fruit machine, so a lot of the work's very personal but what else can an artist paint, you know, it's got to be, there's an element of auto, it's uh, autobiographical, it's got to yeah. be. I think all the all the best art is. Mm. I think the, the you look back at the history of art, which you know I've done for far too long. But it, all the gr best art is basically stuff that people depicted that was just their everyday life, but depicted in their own way. Yeah, and it's that that people attach themselves to. Yeah, and people can relate to it, and people can, you know, put their own meaning on it. And that's what's so wonderful about art is that you know everyone can react to it in certain ways. Of course, way. in their own way. You know, I can't dictate to anybody how they should react to my work because that's personal to me. Either you engage with it or you don't. Hopefully you do in some way. But Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was chatting to another artist a while ago and he said, when someone looks at my work, I either want them to love it or hate it. If they're ambivalent, I've failed. Uh-huh. And yeah. I think, you know, you, you want a reaction, don't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. And then so just going back a bit with your story, when you were doing applying for the GSA, you said you were doing sound and installation. Talk yeah. a bit about that. What sort of things no, that wasn't doing? applying for the GSA. That was um, when I was actually doing my degree. My degree at Kelvin College, North Glasgow College. Sure. So it was sound and installation work. So it was film and that was all about memories. And again, I had no money. Um, so it was all done with a cheap camera and experimenting on a computer. And it was a film it was um, projected through uh, drapes of chiffon. So it was the, the first image was really clear, but it was small. And as it went back, it got larger and out of focus. 
And I kind of think that's how I paint as well. It's funny how you can see the similarities and how you paint to using a different medium. Um, when, when you look back, you know, it all sort of comes together. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. And then so when you were growing up, were there certain artists that you were really aware of? Or did you no. start noticing stuff a bit later on? I wasn't aware of any artists. Um, I think the only artist that I was aware of was um, Nancy somebody. I can't remember her name. And she was on the television and it was a programme called Paint with Nancy Kaminsky, I think it was. And again, that was in the 70s. You know, all of these, um, I was influenced by, uh, I'm influenced by people. I think, you know, in music and what's going on round about me all the time, I can't say I'm, um, I've not had an art education and I've not had the opportunity to go and look at lots of art. I, I just haven't had that, um, unfortunately. Again, I was caring for my dad up until 2015, so there just hasn't been time for things that I want to do, you know, so that'll come. But I suppose that does offer you a very unique perspective on things in that yeah. because you've not had these external influences, you know, everything that you think about is entirely organic on your own without external factors, which is quite rare, actually. Yeah. And then you think, am I a bit self-obsessed that I'm coming up with these things? You know, if I haven't been influenced by other artists, you know, because I haven't had, unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to go and see. I didn't get my first passport until I was 42. I hadn't travelled, I hadn't done anything, you know, so it's all, what I'm producing is maybe internal and just what I'm seeing round about me, mm. really. No, but you, you managed to create paintings that, despite depicting, as you said, the mundane, have uh -huh. so much energy. And is that something that you consciously try to put in, or is it just how it comes out? That's because I have, I've got uh, this thing in me you know I have got that energy I get over excited about things and like I said I'm 51 I should maybe be like slow down but I've got this um energy that, um yeah yeah a joy de vivre as they call it yes that's yeah, exactly. it exactly no, and I don't I don't know where it comes from but it's just there um no I love that that's fantastic and so with with Sandy's work do you feel influenced by him? Oh, yeah, definitely influenced by him. But at the same time, you know, he's got all of these ideas and I really get where he's coming from, you know, and I think, wish I'd thought of that. And, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, he's fantastic. And I would say, and not just because I love him, but he is my painting hero, you know. I watch him and I watch the way he applies the paint and... I just get so excited by that, you know. It's not just about the ideas. It's not about the finished piece. It's about application. It's about the way he works. It's about the way he talks. Yeah, hugely influenced by him, but not dictated to by mm. him. You know, it doesn't dictate what I paint or do. Now, I've got nine canvases in the wall just now, and what that is going to be during the last lockdown, I did a small yellow one you know and everybody says oh spaghetti but that wasn't that was just really like it's a flow of consciousness you know where you're just mm. painting now this is the idea i've got for this nine canvases because that's how i feel so i'll paint that it's not that i've picked an object and it's not because i've been influenced by anything it's just i paint what i feel yeah which is so important actually and having that so. organic kind of creation and so yeah. if, if you were given you know all the time, all the space, all the money, what would you create? God, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I would just take it as it comes and yeah, yeah. something would happen. And then I have all of these ideas where it's not just involving paint, you know, it's involving loads of things, you know, and it's like finding that time, finding the money, finding finding that space in your head because the world we live in just now doesn't allow you to have that space in your head you know it's got to do your tax return you've got to do emails you've got to do this you've got to I just love that space that's all I don't want anything else in life fair enough and so for you painting 
does it offer almost like a a meditation is it is it a moment of quiet for you or is it energetic frenzy it's pure graft yeah <laughs> it really is you know you can have people who say a paint and it's so enjoyable i personally find it as being graft and hard work and um i get upset if it's not going right and even when it's finished, you know, I have to put it away because I want to do, I want, I'm like, no, there's, there's just this one wee thing that you could do, you know, so you just have to put it away and that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're definitely not alone in that because, I mean, how long does it take you to finish a work? Because so let's say a large scale work, how long will that take you? Well, the fruit machine painting took me 11 months, but there was my personal life in between that mm. as well, you know, so... And there was a lot going on. My my dad was really ill and, you know. And even then, when I was doing that, I couldn't do that painting anymore. I had to stop and do something like the, the large-scale lo- Looney Tune drawings. I had to come away from that because um, mm. it was doing my head in. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah. yeah, I think by the sounds of things, it's, it's about taking, I don't know, the time to just make sure that you're, focus on what it is you're doing sort of thing yeah um, and I, you know it's reality is that to have the luxury of time and space is is what it is it's luxury isn't it you know if we all had of course it, it is. it'd be wonderful but life gets in the way and i think you know as an artist who you know you've got so much else going on and especially yeah. at the moment you know on top of your own life there's the rest of the world that's a bit of a mess at the moment uh-huh. but the fact that you're creating at all i think is testament to the fact that it's your calling maybe yeah, I think it is. Um, or maybe I'm just um, covering up for what's really going on out there, you know, and it, it just takes you, it takes you away from it all. But I, it takes a lot of motivation to get up in the morning and walk from your bedroom into the living room. And go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, today's the day. Oh, let's do this. Uh, and I think everybody's the same, you know, it's finding that motivation and I find that maybe it's that energy that I've got that gives me the motivation to go, right, just do this. Mm. So. That's fascinating. And then so for you, having gone to art school later, do you think, had you gone to art school, you know, age 18, do you think you'd be producing similar work or would it be completely different? It'd be completely different. I think, um, I think, what I produce is what I want to produce. I think if I'd went when I was 18, I might have been influenced and directed a wee bit more. Um, and I wouldn't have had life experience. Mm, I think it's so important, isn't it? The life experience and having a bit of time to go around the block and actually see things properly. I think the the act of seeing is one that you only get with time. Yeah, I think it's um, and just now, it's just now I'm experiencing things that maybe, you know, I should have perhaps experienced when I was 18 and my 20s, 30s. Um, but the fact that I'm getting to go up, well, not so much now because nobody's allowed to go anywhere, but getting abroad, you know, I I love it so much, you know. I just find it so exciting. Perhaps maybe the way a 14-year-old would find that exciting. I'm like, oh, it's completely new to me and I love it. I mean, I'm I'm almost it's jealous. mental. It's, I know I'm fifty one. Yeah, but that's <laughs> it's such an exciting time, and to to ha- have that gift again, you know, like you've 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 had all the hard stuff, and now you get a chance to just actually, you know, do what you want to do and see where you want to see, and hopefully, COVID permitting, go where you want to go. Yeah, I do firmly believe that will come. You know, I'm not in any rush. I've waited this long, so yeah, just totally. take it as it comes. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think with, with art, it's always you got to play the long game, haven't you? Nothing's going to happen overnight. Mm-mm, nothing at all, you know. And then then you've got your moments of complete self doubt, you know. Like I think every artist has, you know, where oh, I'm no good and I'm this and I'm that, and you're crippled by this. And that's what's good. Uh, having another good thing about having Sandy is we we can talk to each other. Because the two of us are artists, you know, and he gets that, he understands. Because there's moments when I'm like, I'm rubbish at everything I do. And yeah, 
And so how how is it you cope with that other than chatting to Sandy about it? Um, I just keep doing it and you just need to try and push through those feelings of um, thinking you're rubbish. You know, you're watching other artists, you know, and they're getting like gallery shows and things like that. And I haven't had gallery shows. So you're sitting and you're thinking, what's wrong with my work? Is my work rubbish? Is it, you know, so that that's the self-doubt. But then you've got, you've got to find that kind of self-belief and go, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Yeah, 100%. I think Work it. Fall, in, fall in love with the process, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the important thing. And so is there any particular advice you think you'd give to yourself fresh out of college? Um, nah, I think <laughs> I've just done it. <laughs> no, there's no advice I'd give myself fresh out of college apart from keep it real. Mm. Um, always keep it real. And remember, everybody's just the same, just doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think the keeping it real aspect is so important now more than ever that, you know, in a world that's filled with social media and fake veneers, having authenticity and, yeah. Yes, and that's another thing. And maybe a wee bit, um, I was speaking to someone um, about Instagram and they were saying, well, you've got an artist page, you should keep it um, kind of like, keep it um, professional. Mm. And I've tried that and I'm sorry, but I think like the the artist Bobo, um, you know, I think you've got to give a wee bit of yourself and your character. And I like fun and I like all of these things. And I'm not going to hide and pretend I'm something other than I am, you know, I don't see, I'm, I'm, I yeah, paint totally. what I paint, take yeah. it and leave it. Hundred <laughs> percent. That is the best mentality you can have. I cannot applaud that enough. I uh, think the the moment where you turn around and you think actually, and you know, for a lot of people I speak to who are artists, it takes them quite a few years until they realise that actually, the most important thing they can do is to just not paint for anyone else and just be them and create yeah. what they want and you know, go to the sound of your own horn and you know don't let anything stop you no just do it yeah totally just do it to quote nike they, they, not good, nike, slogan. <laughs> good slogan yeah. <laughs> they've done well there Hi. so for you do you go well okay pre-pandemic let's say did you manage to attend many exhibitions since having made in paisley or is it just too busy no because there's just no time you know at the weekend we have 55 children gosh and I've got a, we've got a waiting list of 104 children. Oh my God. And then during the week, we do adult classes as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's popular. People, people like it. But like I said, I, I, I don't just think they come to learn how to paint. I think they come because they enjoy the environment that we've created. So that keeps you very busy, but then you've got your own work to do and then you've got the paperwork to do and then you've got your family to do, you've got your relationship to do and then you've got to think of yourself somewhere in between that. So there's, I'd love to go to exhibitions, I'd love to see what's going on, but it's not physically possible right mm. now. No, totally. I think, yeah, it's a reality of, you know, the reality of being an adult is that, life is very very busy and it's just so I love it. <laughs> yeah well, I do well, love it. that's good to hear uh, i think it's it's for you i suppose i don't know if do you get a real sense of gratification having you know people come for a session and they paint something and they leave just loving it is that for you totally. what drives it that's, yeah. that's a huge huge part of it you know you can see people that really um love coming to Made in Paisley and the fact that they keep coming back and we have a good laugh in this space, you know, and it, it's a, a great space to be in. It really is. And I'm not just here selling our product because it's not about, for Sandy and I, it's not about making money. It's what we do. Um, and that's it. Mm, I think, I mean, how would you describe the positive impact that art can have? 
Okay, people are coming away, so they're they're running about, they've got their nine to five jobs, they've got this going on, they've got kids, and then they come into our space for two hours, and all of that is like that's left outside the front door, and that two hours is their time to focus on something that they're creating. Um, it's time to focus on the relationships they've built up within the space, and it's just taking them away from the harsh realities of life. Mm. That's it. And they enjoy it. And it's great when they tell you that, and especially the kids, when they come up and they're like, Caroline, we've really missed you. And, you know, after the last lockdown, and one of the kids says to me, it's so great being back here. And it's not just about school and, you know, and the fact that you're watching them all growing up, you're like, oh, that's nice. No, definitely. And it's so, like having 55 grandchildren, but you send them all home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God for that, eh? Aye. <laughs> and so over the course of the pandemic, what have you have you guys been doing anything while it's been closed remotely and stuff, or has it just been no, no, no chance? No, because, no, no way, because our space works on the dynamic. We're, um, we're working with oil paints. It's not um, logistically possible we're not going to change what we are just to suit the pandemic. We can only um, hope that people come back when we're allowed to open and we're willing to take that chance. We're not, and it's it's not that we're not able to adapt. It's um, again, we are what we are. We are a painting school and you have to come into the premises and paint and that's it. I'm sorry, but. No, I think, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't be sorry. I think there's no way of recreating that that atmosphere and that environment you create. No, no, no. Yeah, and it, I wouldn't like to if we were to do it online and then you know we're charging people money. A lot of people, different things they do, can charge people money, you know, and still give the same sort of service. We can't do that, so we are not going to. Mm. We're not. Gonna. No, fair enough. And I think well done, you guys, for sticking to your guns and. Just you're being confident in what you're doing. I think it's you'll you'll you've definitely got from what confident. I've seen. Yeah, well, me, no, I am confident. I think you know the amount of I had a little look at the Maiden Paisley Facebook and Instagram and stuff, and the amount of photos that you post of people who you know standing beside their works and they're beaming with pride. And it, ah, they it, really love. It's they, such a wonderful thing. They really like that moment, you know, where they they're going on social media, you know, and they're standing next to their painting. It's not about us promoting Made in Paisley. It's about getting the kids' work seen by other people. Then in our first 18 months, we had 13 exhibitions where we gave the kids the opportunity to have exhibitions. So they're not just painting and then take it home and put it on your fridge. Mm. It's They're having a proper art exhibition. The adults had exhibitions. We had... Um, groups in Paisley coming in and using the space and having exhibitions, community groups. Um, yeah, so, and these all these exhibitions were so well attended that you were, like, jam-packed. In fact, we would if we were to do that now, we'd get fined. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you could do it now. Um, and I really missed that. That was a huge part of it. And the kids loved it, and it was just the whole art experience from creating to what an artist should be doing having an exhibition mm, and what a gift to give that to people who you know are so young having that experience yeah. you know I've, I've got friends who i went to art school with who you know even now i've never had that experience yeah you know? so i think it's what a, what a blessing to have that for sure i think it's exciting yeah 100 100 percent. and then moving forward with your with your work so Obviously, I, I don't like hit too hard on the the toilet roll stuff because you've talked about that to death for with the BBC and lots of people. <laughs> um, uh, how many left? Because last time I spoke to you, there was like 110 or something. I, I don't know. I think uh, 90. 90. God, it's, it's hard graft, you know. It's like you're not just. Um, it's like toilet paper, you know. It's not like you can go, like I said in that interview I did. It's not like you can bash it and hit it and walk away from it. You know, you've got to, you're like sitting there and smoking too many fags and drinking too many cups of coffee. I've spilt turps on it. I've tripped over it. I've done everything and it's still held together. And I'm quite amazed by that. 
And then when I unraveled it on Sunday, and I thought, this is quite amazing. You know, the vibrancy is still there. Um, I, I hope it can be preserved and um, kept to some sort of documentation of this time. Yeah, totally. How would you exhibit it if you were going to? On a toilet roll holder. Oh, it's like have it really high up and then have it all draped oh, down? No, no. So I've got an idea. It'll be a mechanical toilet roll holder. So I'll need to secure the back at the perforations because that's where the danger would be that it mm-hmm. would drip and it will just go round and round and round. Oh, cool. And I'll have a toilet. Uh huh. I'll have a toilet next to it. So it's in its proper setting. It's a toilet roll, for God's sake. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's fantastic i mean I, I i when that happens i'll be there 100 thank you very much front of the queue Good. <laughs> without a doubt and then so there's a few little questions that i tend to ask um on the podcast uh one of which is if you had an inordinate sum of cash given to you uh but with this cash you had to buy me a painting uh what would you buy me oh god um Wouldn't it be one of Sandy's? I mean, happily. His work's fantastic. Is there anyone in particular you're thinking of? God, he's got so many. I think it would be... um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't it be... I love the high flat paintings he's done. He's got so many. I love loads of his paintings. Um, have Have you seen his website? No, yeah, I've seen his work. I saw the Carl Costal show. Right, okay. Well, you go into his website and you pick a painting and if I ever, ever, ever come into any money, I'll buy that painting for you. Just let me know what one it is you like. Cool, blimey. Well, I'll have a look. <laughs> but actually, the flat painting you mentioned, I, I know exactly the one you mean. They're really cool. And I think very... Oh, they're em- really amazing. Of, yeah. of, you know, areas of Scotland that have these high-rise buildings and the point blocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Sandy's, well, got, Sandy's got a show coming up in... Um, New York on the 11th of November a solo show oh, fantastic uh-huh. so that's something to look forward to so are you going to go over to the States to go see it damn right you think <laughs> I'm letting him go himself <laughs> <laughs> someone needs to keep charge right? Uh, so this is a gallery at Harper's Books in Chelsea um, yeah so that's all been confirmed the oh, 11th so exciting of the 11th 21 yeah Oh, brilliant. We'll have to get Sandy on the podcast before that happens, chat about that. Aye, that'd be great. No, that'd be really interesting. And then uh, final thing, if you could give a shout out to three people um, who have, you know, they can be people or institutions or whatever you like, really, who, you know, you want to support, who have supported you along the way. Everybody in Paisley, for one. I have had loads of support from everyone in Paisley, uh, My list would need to be more than three. It'd need to be three hundred and three. My friends and family, Sandy. um, Oh God, no! I can't. I just can't do that. It's just like too many. It's amazing the amount of support that I've had, and I really, really appreciate it. I really, truly do. Fantastic. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just Caroline. That's it. You know. So. Um, it's lovely the amount of support and everyone who comes to the studio they have been fantastic um, putting up with me on Sunday <laughs> that's brilliant and I'm I, as soon as it reopens I'll I'll be down there it's been, it's been a long time since I've been in Paisley I used to live there when I was young did you whereabouts? Um, I think it was, it was like the Glen, Glen Boyne estate I don't know that it's it's some estate near an army barracks or something um, oh, hawk, over at um, Hawkhead? Perhaps. I mean, I was very young. Um, uh, I was there for yeah. a couple of years. Uh, I went to went to nursery there as well. Oh, did you? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a been, small it's world. Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm desperate to come back <laughs> and see how it's changed. Probably quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's changed a lot. But the, the good thing about Paisley is, you know, everybody is trying their best. You know, it's it's had a, um, a hard time, you know, but when you watch the change, I've stayed here all my life, you know, and you've seen it up, you've seen it down, mm. and the amount of effort people are putting into bringing it back up. I think there's a real pride of place there in Paisley, 
They're really is, and we're, we're very fortunate that we've got that because there's a lot of towns who've had that up, went down, and don't have that. Um, very fortunate. Because you've got the Paisley Art Institute as well that's there. Paisley Art Institute. I'm vice president of Paisley Art Institute. Well, there you go. It's a, w- a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing as well. I yes. Think it's, yeah. I think these sort of things and, you know, Maiden Paisley and, you know, Sandy and yourself, you are the forces of change in, in these areas. And it's through doing what you do that uh, it Forces happen. of change, but actually the forces of change are the people of, pe- of Paisley. You know, that's what the forces of change are. That's the... Um, that's who makes the difference. It's not like, yeah, the organisations can maybe get ball, the ball rolling and things like that, but the actual fact is it's the people. Mm. that um, I don't like to say people make Paisley because that's like kind of stealing from Glasgow, is it not? Yeah, yeah. But um, it is the people of Paisley mm. um, and that's that's the priority. Yeah, which is fantastic to see. And I think Made in Paisley couldn't be in a better place and run by better people. Thank you um, so much, Leo. A pleasure, pleasure. And I look forward to seeing how it goes. But I'll, I'll let you get back to your busy day. Um, yeah. Toilet roll painting. Toilet roll painting, yeah. <laughs> Lots of coffee and fags. Sounds ideal. Yeah. Um, right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Leo. And I'll speak to you soon. And there we have it. End of another episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to our chat as much as I enjoyed having it. Caroline was a great guest. To keep up to date with her and all she's got going on, she is on Instagram at caroline underscore gormley. And to find Made in Paisley and all the brilliant work they do, it is made underscore in underscore paisley. As ever, all images discussed will be on the Curating Conversation Instagram, which is simply just at Curating Conversation. And as ever, to keep up to date with myself and the Rafiki Gallery, we are on Instagram at the underscore Rafiki underscore gallery. Further to that, if you do feel like supporting the podcast, head over to our Ko-Fi page where you can support the project and keep us going and producing brilliant content for all your lovely ears to listen to. Now, till next time, be good to each other. Have fun. Ah, yes, and if you did enjoy it, please make sure to share it, tag us, tell your friends. It all helps. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.